Welcome, Play On Podcast listeners, to this week's episode as we come to the close of the fall season. This is your host, Nano Taggart. Today, we have the pleasure of welcoming J. Todd Adams and Melinda Funstein. J. Todd was last seen here at the festival nearly 22 years ago in The Merry Wives of Windsor, King Lear, and The Merchant of Venice. Since then, he's been all over the country, including the Idaho Shakespeare Festival, the Denver Center Theater Company, Shakespeare Santa Cruz, PCPA, American Conservatory Theater, and the Washington National Opera in Washington, D.C. J. Todd has also been seen in film and television, including titles like The West Wing, Gilmore Girls, Flyboys, and Warriors of Virtue. Melinda has been with the festival for over 16 seasons with husband and festival co-artistic director Brian Vaughn. Some of her recent favorite roles include Constance in King John, Rosalind in Love's Labor's Lost, and Fantine in Les Miserables. Melinda has also worked at the Milwaukee Repertory Theater, Skylight Theater, Renaissance Theater Works, Milwaukee Chamber Theater, Utah Musical Theater, and the Nevada Conservatory Theater. Thank you, Melinda. Thank you, J. Todd, or J. Todd. As you just told me, I could run with that. It's yeah, pretty awesome. Of course. Um, you kind of have different relationships with the festival. You both you know, have a long history here. Where Melinda, you've kind of been holding down the fort for the better part of 20 years. <laughs> and and you have were here 22 here years ago. 22 years ago. And you're kind of just coming back to it for the first time. It took this long to repair the damage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I look well, forward to being back here in the what was it like? 2036 or something. <laughs> <laughs> right on, yeah, Prospero. Yes. Yeah, you'll be ready, totally. What, uh, what's it like? Is it, is it different? Is it, is it just like being home? Is you know, it, a lot of ways it's 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 very similar. Um, I was surprised just the look of the festival. I mean, you know, the Randall was already here at that point. Yeah. Um, so it, which I liked. But I liked coming back to, and, and, you know, everything hadn't changed, yeah. you know. I mean, obviously, the it's it's different people and different faces and a lot of the and a lot of the same faces too. Yeah. Um, and the city hasn't changed that much either. I I, I, I thought it would have uh, grown and bustled since, uh, but Cedar City is uh, still small and quaint and, and yeah. Uh, but I I love it here. I, I had I loved it back you know back then. But my life took me different directions. And yeah. So, it, you know, it took this role to finally, you know, be the right time to come back, and right uh, it's wonderful. So. Very cool. What about for you, Melinda? You're kind of, uh, you, know, you and Brian are kind of like the king and queen of the Shakespeare Festival for the, <laughs> the regional audience. I mean, does, does it take you uh, 45 minutes for a 15-minute trip to get a gallon of milk for the kids? I mean, <laughs> is it is it is it Sometimes. harder? Is the actor's uh, sacrifice harder when you're kind of in one place? Is it, is it different? Uh, yeah, I think it's... Uh, you gain a lot from being in one place. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we have a home and three kids and, yeah. you know, had a dog and, and all <laughs> of those things that many actors don't get to do. Yeah. You know, the what we've given up in, in being around and working in a bunch of different places has has been replaced by stability and, and, yeah. and being able to raise our family in one place, which has been great for us. Awesome. It's good. It's kind of cool to hear your perspective on it. Most of the people I talk to are... I don't want to say transient, but they're kind of, you know, they're here for three to six months and they're after their next job for six weeks to three months and over and over and over kind of until, I mean, they don't know when that, that that's going to end, right? Yeah, Is but it, there's excitement and, oh, absolutely. Um, and challenge in that as well. I mean, you know, part of the fun of being an actor is being able to work at different places totally. and being able to reinvent your process and your, um, your 
your bag of tricks every mm -hmm. time you, you work with a different group of people in a different audience and a different theater, different setup. And, totally. and so, you know, there, there are strengths and, and yeah. downfalls to both, to both. both sides. Yeah. Yeah. You've been on the road for a couple of years, you said. So yeah. Like, um, is it, uh, does that energize you? Being yeah. New people all the time and new structures and then new ideas. Yeah. You know, it, it, it can, I, 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 the last three years, I, I've done a lot of work with the Great Lakes Theater and the Idaho Shakespeare Festival. Cool. So, the, so I've, I've sort of, the, sort of been in the same situation with a different festival where the, I've, they've gotten to know me and, and, you know, they'll just cast me without, you know, I'm not auditioning, you know, for them all the time. All the time which yeah. <laughs> relieves some stress, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they've, you know, they've let, they've let me stretch myself and do some, some great roles. So, but yeah, I also bopped around and did, did other theaters. There's a show at the Denver Center and, um, and some shows at Shakespeare Santa Cruz. And, you know, so it, it is nice, you know, working with different directors, different, uh, different actors it does make you you know look 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 at things differently than yeah yeah you, you have your preconceived notion oh this is what i do and this, you know but somebody yeah. throws something at you you got to run with it you know for sure yeah. um so i do like that although you know it's wonderful traveling around doing a bunch of stuff but like she says it's it's nice to uh to know where the next job's coming from. Yeah, <laughs> you know, to, and to, to wake up at night and know where the bathroom is. Yeah, is, exactly. Uh, that's a good feeling. Right? <laughs> the stress of a, I have no idea what I'm doing in yeah. six weeks, and uh, just you know, audition and hope people like me. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> just come right out and say it. Sherlock Holmes. Uh, we've like we're in our last week now, right, of production. Um, what's it like coming to, uh, preparing for a role? I mean, the, the femme fatale. And the the most famous detective franchise ever, and the lead character. Everybody that comes into this this show as an audience member has an idea, has an expectation. Yeah. Uh, even if they've never read Doyle or seen this production, or even one of maybe the good adaptations on the BBC over the last few years. Oh yeah. What uh, does that change how you prepare for a role? Does yeah, yeah. I mean, I I feel sorry for anybody. Uh, uh, I, I, even William Gillette was. I I'm guessing the first actor who ever. Did it on stage um, in the in actually the play that this this is an adaptation this yeah, um, yeah. this version is an adaptation of back in 1899 you know it's like nobody else had done it you know he wasn't competing with Benedict Cumberbatch and <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. but still everybody has really specific ideas from the novel of, of what this character is and what they like about it you know and there's a lot of different aspects that you can't shove into two hours two hours you know so yeah. it's like you're bound to disappoint somebody and, and and even people yeah like you say who have never read the, the the stories have very specific ideas of what this character should be yeah um so in a way in a way now that there's been so many I mean I I saw the, all the old black and white Basil Rathbone Absolutely, you know yeah. Sherlock's back then I loved the 80s and 90s series with Jeremy Brett I had watched them all when they were originally on TV um and of course you know sometimes actors will avoid seeing other performances so they don't want it to yeah poison focus their, on the text. poison their mind. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah but it's sort of impossible. I'd already seen them, you know, and you already have it in your head. You know, I'd seen the Robert Downey Jr. movie and the new Sherlock's BBC series, which, I, you know, and I love them all for different reasons. And yeah. I think the, the good thing is there's enough in the character and in the stories. You just, you have to find what speaks to you in it. Mm -hmm. and, and you can see such, you know, the new series, he's almost a sociopath. <laughs> in the, in the, yeah. In, he's sort of a mad scientist in the Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. It's like you got different ways you can go with it. Obviously, you have to concentrate on what the playwright's given you. And, and um, 
And so I started. I actually started reading the play when I found out about. Uh, I found out I'd gotten the role, and then it, I quickly realized that it was a you know, patched together different stories. And so I was like, you know, what, I'll go back and read all the stories, which is a lot. There's four novels yeah. and fifty six stories, and I had read some of them um, in the past. But I so I went back and read them all. Oh wow! And um, and really got my own idea of what it was, and then came back and read the read the script. Um, and was pleased that, you know, he, he, he's got in a lot of, you know, he, he didn't gloss over some of the darker sides of the character, you know, the cocaine addiction. Uh, the the addiction is, uh... You know, the, he's not like, I don't know, some, especially like the old, the old black and white, um, movies and stuff. And that was more about the time they were shooting them. I mean, you know, they sort of shied away from... Kind of a more proper Victorian. Yeah, and he's know. a nice guy, and he's, he's like, he's rude as can be. Yeah. You know, it's like clients are a unit that, you know, gives him, you know, excitement, and, yeah. you know, but he doesn't, he's not, like, super civil to everybody. For sure. <laughs> you know? So it was, um, it was, uh, it was fun that he let, you know, he, 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 you know, there's there, there's the witty Sherlock Holmes that we know, and there's the, obviously the great, you know, the great detective. But there's also just that dark, twisted side of like, I have to do this, or I'm yeah. going to go crazy. Awesome. And yeah. and uh, and, um, and then of course they add a, a wonderful love twist, which isn't yeah. What what, uh, what did preparation look like for you, Melinda? You're one of the kind of female characters that, and the the Holmes legacy that that, that he takes seriously. Yeah, that he's challenged yeah, by. Yeah, well, um, luckily, we're kind of in the business of when we do Shakespeare so much, yeah. like, of doing roles that uh, most audience members come in with a preconceived notion of yeah. what, what the role should look like, you Absolutely. know? And, um, but, but in that case, it, a lot of people have probably seen plays in the past, maybe even read the plays. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And um, I didn't do a lot of reading of the of the previous. I've seen the cool. BBC version, which, yeah. you know, that Irene Adler, uh-huh. uh, Irene, as I think they call her in yeah. that, yeah. Uh, is very different from this version. And, um, you know, in the beginning of the rehearsal process, Jim and Todd were speaking a whole Sherlock language that I, <laughs> <laughs> I was not privy to. Um, and, you know, for, for me, uh, knowing a bunch of, of history about how it's been done before is not, mm-hmm. is not useful to me. So, cool. uh, I just had to deal with what was on the page. And, um, uh, you know, of course I was, I was told by, <laughs> by many people, oh, she's the siren. She's the great, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, fantasy image of, of, for Sherlock and, and, um, you know, my point of view was, no, she's the smartest person in the room. And, yeah. <laughs> you know. Because uh, you're reading the character as it is on the page. Yeah, right? exa- yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I just dealt with what, what was on the page and, of course, what, what I was getting in the room from, from Todd and from right. Brian and, and uh, direction Jim was giving. Right on. What, uh, you've both been uh, at this long enough that I can ask kind of a part big picture question. Uh, what, for you, Melinda, what, what makes a good adaptation when... When you step into to a role in theater that people, like you said, you know, they all have preconceived notions. What uh, what makes a good adaptation? What what, what makes your job a, a little bit more enjoyable, a little bit easier? Well, when when the writing is active, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not a lot of narrative. That's really helpful. Um, yeah. I've only worked on a couple of adaptations, and uh, one being Deeds, and mm-hmm. another being Jim and uh, Jim Sullivan and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Joe Hannity's Pride and Prejudice, Pride and. Prejudice, and uh, they are highly influenced by Dietz's writing um, in that uh, quick scene shifts and um, mm-hmm. locale shifts that happen really quickly. Yeah. Um, 
saying the name of the person, finishing a line, and and, and you know saying the name. Brian does it once, yeah. and, you know, and Sherlock Holmes, yeah. and all of a sudden you're in a new locale. Yep. And they were greatly influenced by Dietz in that. Very and cool. um, and and uh, both adaptations were great about uh, sort of driving the story forward and and um, using theatrical convention to yeah. to drive things forward. So it didn't get a whole, you know, really weighted down. Or like in Pride and Prejudice, yeah. there were all those letters, you know. And, and they found a really beautiful way of keeping all of that really active for the for the audience, and of yeah. course, yeah, of course, they they speak that language and and are, are very close to to actors and have done it themselves. So awesome. so they understand how that works. That's yeah. really helpful in an cool. adaptation. That is yeah. a is a great adaptation. Um, there's a sense with some plays where narration on stage feels a little like a cheap trick. You know, like oh here we go, the playwright's filling gaps that they couldn't <laughs> fit into an action, right? Right. But they're like you said, these moments of narration sort of happen. They're woven into the story, into scene shifts as things are going on, you know, in the background on the stage, and, and there's like a kind of an interesting element. Yeah, it's not just narration, like like I think of narration in a in a, in a play. Yeah. What about uh, well, like Watson has most of the, obviously most of the narration mm -hmm. in in this, it, which is in a way like the stories are. I mean, because the stories are told, yeah. told from Watson's perspective, and uh, you know, it, there are actually I think are there's one at least one story. I can't remember if there's two. I think just one that. That is told from Sherlock's perspective, and and, and he constantly is is giving giving Watson grief about about his you know he doesn't he's like these should be like a series of lectures and of course nobody would read them if yeah. they were but <laughs> yeah but, um, that's true um, no, you nothing's know, changed in that really? regard over the last hundred years yeah. Watson adds all this romance to it but but yeah. the great thing about it is you're seeing it from his perspective where he doesn't know the the you know I um, mean you know, obviously he's telling it at the end of the story, so he knows how it turns out, but he tells mm -hmm. it, you know, and you're as, you're as mystified as he is, you know, by, you know, how Sherlock comes to, to the conclusions that, you know, finally solve the case. But, mm -hmm. um, so in a way, the narration is, is sort of like the books. It's like it's told from his perspective. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you're, you're not just getting, oh, and then we move to this locale. I mean, yeah. you, you, obviously you, you, you get that, but you're, you get a lot of his, of his feelings about, uh, about his friend, about the mm -hmm. situation, you know, things that actually help amplify the absolutely the, yeah. the stakes in in the, that are going on in the show, and, and um, so it's not just you know a, a device. It, it is a device, obviously, but like a good device will yeah. will, will serve more than one purpose, and, and well, for sure, just yeah. sit there like a oh, these are like subtitles or something. Yeah, you know? and this is a difficult eccentric character, Holmes. Right, right, and right. You couldn't have this character without people opposite you, like Irene Adler. Yeah, and you know Watson. Because right. it's it's sort of their reactions to the character that teaches the audience what what it means to interact with with someone as crazy as Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, Melinda, I have to ask this, and you can totally dog slap me afterwards. But is there any chance we can talk you into letting Brian keep that mustache? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, you think so? <laughs> oh, totally. It Look, is. I think he looks good anyway, <laughs> and he looks he he pulls off a mustache well, but yeah. I hope it's going away. <laughs> Saturday <laughs> night at oh. whatever nine forty-five. <laughs> oh, is it, is it kind of hard to take it seriously? Uh, no, no, no. I mean, you know, he's a serious guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Oh, no, that's no. terrific. Oh, it's gonna be hard when he. I I did uh, much to do about nothing last year, and or, and uh, you know he. He had, uh, they, I had a goatee, but they were like, you know, he's supposed to shave in this one scene, you know, when he falls in love. And 
But let's just shave it and leave you with the mustache, and so we'll just have it like fake goatee, and then yeah. but we'll have your real mustache. So you don't have to contend with it falling yeah. off and all this stuff. I'm like, great, but so I get to look like Burt Reynolds for uh, <laughs> six, <laughs> so six months of looking like a porn star in the. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Burt Reynolds you know? is awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. Come on. <laughs> So I feel uh, for you. Yeah, it's not the first time. I'm sure it won't be the last. Yeah. I know everyone I've talked to, there's, there's an immense sense of, um, well, just loving what you do, uh, being able to, you know, center your life around the theater. Um, what's it feel like coming to the end of a season? Of uh, You've been working hard for a long time, especially you here, Melinda. Um, lots of shows over summer and fall. What's it feel like? Is it, is it, is it sad? Is it, is it a relief? Is it? Is it kind of ambivalent, a little bit of a, all of those things? It, it is. It's all of those things. And again, we're in the practice of it, you know, <laughs> at this point. We've, totally, This yeah. is the way we live our lives. And I think if we had to do a nine-to-five job for, you know, a year straight, we would all be really itchy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I, for sure. So, um, that with, with saying farewells, we know that the business is really small and we'll all cross paths again and work together in yeah. some capacity or cross paths somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. uh, along the way again. And then, you know, it also means new beginnings when you, when you close sure. a show like that. So, yeah. so yeah, it's always bittersweet. For sure. You must have like the most amazing network of babysitters, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I can't imagine balancing. I mean, you're a student in a graduate program on top of, yeah. you know, performing a lot and helping Brian do so much administrative stuff. Yeah. Is it, how do you balance that? Well, you know, Brian helps me a lot too. So yeah, it, oh, absolutely. If I, I, I always say if I were a single mother, I, I, it would all go to pot. It couldn't work. Yeah, because he's, he's really my teammate in this. We do it together. Right on. And Jay Todd, your, your girlfriend came out with you this time. Yeah. And she's a house manager. Yes, which is wonderful. We, we, we've been dating about a year and a half, and we, we met doing a show, which was great. And so we had, you know, four, four months or so together doing, working on a show. But then, of course, I'm going off to do another show, and she's moving to Chicago. And so I, I would just go and visit in between, you know. Yeah. And more than half the time we'd been together in the first year was spent apart, and that was just hard. And so... When I was coming to do this, it was like her lease was up in Chicago, and I was like, "Why don't you just come stay with me?" You know, and yeah. uh, she was like, "Yeah, that's great." So she came with me, and and uh, so she's been here, which has been wonderful. But um, I'm going to Cleveland to do Christmas Carol after this, and luckily she's going to do it as well. She got a part of it. Oh, as right well, on. So, so uh, yeah, we get to work together again, and, uh, and then we're going to move to New York and hope for the best. But uh, yeah, it's great when you can work together. It's it's it can be tough. Uh, you know, spending so much time apart. Apart, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Seems difficult. Yeah. Um, kind of back to Sherlock Holmes a little bit. Um, what can you maybe can both of you share a story uh, about maybe through something in the rehearsal process or the production that that um, you know people in the audience would have no other way of experiencing it if it, <laughs> if it wasn't for the generosity of you two willing to maybe share something behind the scenes. Yeah, well, I'd say the hardest thing for... Oh, sorry. Look, no, no, is kind of shifting uh, in seat. I, I like, think ah. I, I can guess what you're going to have to talk about. <laughs> oh, I, does it start with a P? P? Yes. Oh, uh, Lord. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. We're building um, up to something here. No, no. It, it, the hardest thing for... You know, people always ask you, how do you memorize those lines? And yeah, I, yeah. It's like, no, how do you memorize those props? Yeah. But this... <laughs> this... The hardest thing was like... 
was like, okay, what props do I have? I had to make, I went home and made a list of all the props. There's 27 props yeah. I touch in this scene. So, um, you know, uh, whether between pipes yeah. and bullets and guns and letters, you know, three different letters and don't uh -huh. mix them up because they, and uh, coins and, um, you know, the violin and the pipe and the the, the recording cylinder. And the, and it, it got to the point where if I if the prop was there, it's like, oh, that's what my next line is. It would remind me of what, what I had to <laughs> But um, that sounds like madness. Yeah, yeah, I was just in 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 a in a state of of just hope. hope. I I I mean, I'd bring my own coat with me to rehearsal just so I had somewhere to put all this stuff because <laughs> uh -huh. like like I couldn't just mime it, you know. Because um, you know you don't have the same degree of assistance working in rehearsals that you do. You know, somebody to hand you this stuff off the stage, or right, right. So you've kind of got to figure out. how Yeah. To well, luckily Jade, our our um, ASM is. Uh, she she in rehearsal was was handing me the stuff and 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 that that did help a lot, and then I just totally trust her now with like setting up everything. I'm like I am sure everything is in my pockets. It needs to be in my pockets, <laughs> and if not, whatever you know. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't know that that was the the most fun part. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> the final adventure, from, yeah. from the people on the inside. Yes. Props yeah. and props. Props and props. <laughs> yeah. What about no, for it you? It was fascinating yeah. watching the process, too, because I saw the day you came in after you'd made the list, and you were like, all right, I'm going to take this thing by the horns. <laughs> and then I could see you for a couple of days working on that, and then it was a whole other process, then letting Jade into the process for you and letting up the control that you had built for yourself, right, because right. she really was. I mean, some of those changes were so fast that you couldn't, you couldn't, Right. Make all she the just homework put the stuff in my pockets for yeah, me as so I'm Yeah, so he just kind of has to stand there and let, and then the changes came in. Yeah, that was a whole other level thing. The bustle was a thing the to deal with yeah. for me. But, you know, really, uh, you know, I just try to send <laughs> calming vibes. <laughs> he's, like, he's, he's totally got it now. He's, right he's got time to spare backstage now. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember standing there thinking, Looking at me, right, the take, look take of panic breath. in my eyes. <laughs> Jade's got you. Do you maybe get in a kind of a routine? And you do a lot of classical theater, both of you. Um, and do you kind of get, you know, smacked upside the head when when you do something a little different like this, like with props, where you you, know, you don't have to worry about that sort of stuff a lot when when you're playing, you know, King Lear or yeah. or Midsummer Night's Dream, whatever. Yeah. The, well, this was different for me. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's like I mean, there's always props, but like this was just. Raining props, you know, and, yeah, and uh, that's true. And I small props. And I tend middle, to break. Yeah, I broke yeah. the Mirshon pipe. Um, <laughs> uh, I I was holding it in my mouth without my you know without my hand, just holding it with my lips because I had another prop I was supposed to be doing something uh -huh. with, and of course it you know it comes apart because you can so you can clean it and stuff. It just falls and shatters. <laughs> so we taped it together for a little bit. And they, they finally fixed it. We talked to uh, Ben and Marielle last week, and yeah. it's not a theater production if tons of stuff isn't breaking. It's yeah, not, especially in repertory. It sounds like with changeovers and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I broke the molding on the set several times. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's a, the sort of the transference like, Wanda, for uh, someone that's in uh, summer shows and also a fall production in repertory? I haven't really talked to anyone yet that's sort of has a show and it carries over, you know, through mm -hmm. the fall. But you've also got a boom, a brand new rehearsal 
yeah. you know, scheduled. Yeah. Uh, well, Brian and David are really careful about the casting <clears throat> matrix. So they know what show is going to carry over. They know that they have to cast the people from that show uh, in a show that's going to be compatible with the fall the rehearsal f- schedule, yeah. which is a whole different level of complication, right? Uh, but they've they've gotten pretty good at that. And uh, this year, Jay Todd is the only actor who wasn't here during the summer season. So the entire uh, yeah. Sherlock, I mean, uh, Twelfth Night cast is being used in the summer shows, mm-hmm. and um, either in a in a performance or a, or an understudy capacity. Cool. And uh, you just go into rehearsal. So basically, the the day the slot you had off. Uh, you know, there are three slots and two mm-hmm. shows perform in each slot. And so yeah. the slot you have off ends up being your rehearsal slot. So then you don't have a slot off for a few weeks, Perfect. which is difficult. Yeah. yeah. But um, after that, then the, the fall season rehearsal is uh, luxurious compared to the summer. Build. Summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> oh, it, it is. <laughs> as you get, uh, it, it's a it's a luxury to be able to rehearse one show for eight hours in the day right as on. opposed to jumping back and forth. So uh, once you get through that two-week overlap... It seems that it would be really nice. difficult to change gears from, okay, I'm in rehearsal mode, okay, I've got to perform. Because uh, they're very two really different uh, jobs. I mean, I mean, different ta- different challenges and you know, different paces, Yeah. all sorts of stuff. Yeah, but then most, most repertory companies rehearse that way. So most yeah. actors have come across this, this before. Ways, yeah. yeah. What's odd is <clears throat> the beginning of the summer schedule when you're rehearsing three shows or two at shows all at once and putting them all up in the same week. Yeah. That's the odd part. Cool. Uh, once we get to the fall season and adding another show on, if you worked in repertory theater before, mm-hmm. that's, that's typical. So then it's kind of rare to only bring in one new performer uh, for the fall season. Is this, the festival typically bring in more Folks, uh, just for the yeah, audience. there have been more in yeah. past seasons. This year, it worked out really well. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like... it was great for me. The first three weeks, they were so busy that we were sixteen hours a week. The first three. Yeah. Weeks. Oh wow. <laughs> I had so much time off, and, but a lot to memorize and learn. So um, oh, for sure. And they were keeping me busy with. I'm understudying Boeing, Boeing as well. So yeah, both the guys and that. So <laughs> there were things, you know. But still, I had a lot of time. On they were also busy, and I'm like, "What do you complain about? Come on." <laughs> yeah, so what? I look at that too, making lists. Yes, I was. I do read the bios of, of the performers, you know, getting ready for this, and it's usually like you know three or four roles and and an understudy, and right. and for you, it's just like Holmes. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you probably had some time to you know hang out. I do, especially now that we're doing like everyone's doing. <laughs> Well, I guess you're just doing the. Are you doing the, No, two. Oh, you got two. You got 12 nights. Uh, of course. Um, cool. So everyone's doing two shows except for me, I guess. So. Mm-hmm. Do they hate me? Because of no. That? No, no. 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 <laughs> so I drink a lot of coffee and uh, yeah. hang out a lot. Stay alert. Yes. Yeah. Right on. We were probably pretty close to out of time, but could I have maybe each of you share? Uh, pretend the people listening to this podcast maybe are at the precipice of deciding. Ah, is, is my life going to center around the theater? Can both of you maybe offer uh, a token, something maybe these people might not have heard, now that you've been at it for a number of years? I would say, like, I was a, I was a good student in high school. I had mm-hmm. academic scholarships. I could, I could have done anything I wanted. Um, and my dad would always introduce me as my son, <laughs> the actor. Could have gone to law school. He's yeah. He'd reel off all my credentials. Yeah. But he, he was actually very proud of me, you know, being an actor. But he wanted to make sure they didn't think I was a flake or something. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I had a lot of options. But I, I was most fulfilled and most happy. And was sort of went crazy if I wasn't doing theater. And I would say if... 
if you don't feel that, then do your other options because it's a tough life. It's a, it's a tough life if you don't really love it. I mean, yeah. um, you're gonna put up with a lot of disappointment, a mm-hmm. lot of um, times not working and just working a day job. And, and uh, but if you love it, it will all you know. It, it's so rewarding, and and yeah. and it will be there for you. You know, and you can, you've got to love it for its own sake and not for the money or the fame. And and uh, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's about all I can say. Quit, quit if you can. People used to say that. Yeah. People used to say that um, when I was young, and I, that just made me angry. When they, but yeah. now that I mean, now that I'm older, and it's like, I mean, so many people drop out. Or I mean, my my grad school, I'd say like seventy five percent of them are no longer in theater, and that was yeah. my grad program. You know, um, and that's a made, that's a huge investment of time. Yeah, and uh, time and money. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a tough profession, and some of them were really talented. It wasn't that you know though they just didn't have the skill to be. But you just have to. It's not that you necessarily have to have the personality to to deal with it, but you have to have the love of it to to just put up with all the the challenges challenges that it can get. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I always hear Fred in my ear. He always says, "You know, I've been at this business for however many years, you know, <laughs> but I've never worked a day in my life." And um, I, I think if you do have that kind of love for it, then it, it does feel like that. It feels like a like a privilege to go to work every day, which is, cool. you know, I don't, I don't know many people who feel that about their jobs. The things fall into place because of, you love what you do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. You make it work, you know? Right on. Thank you both so much for taking time to do this. Thank uh, you. Especially in the last week of the run. It's incredible. You're both incredibly generous and uh, thank you. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the fall season play on podcast episodes. Thank you.